Welcome to the Data Rockstars Coffee Pod with me, Kelly Peters. And me, Regina Lally. We're back today with our eighth episode to talk about what's happening in the world of data and data protection. But just before we get started on that, I wanted to share with everyone that today we are launching our GDPR toolbox, which is super exciting. We've all been working really hard on this for the last four to six weeks, which has been a good use of our lockdown time. And the aim of the toolbox really is to help data protection officers and data protection leads really have the tools available to them to implement GDPR practically in their organisation. So we've heard a lot of stories about how people don't really know what they should be doing on a daily basis when they've got that role in their organisation. So hopefully what we've created is something that will be really helpful. Yeah, it's exciting times. It really is. And actually, that probably leads on quite nicely to our first topic. One of the tools that we've got in there is very much around data breaches and also staff engagement. And so one of the things that we wanted to talk about this week was that kind of disparity between what people responsible for data protection and IT security in an organisation believe their staff to be doing and potentially what the staff actually are doing, particularly in these times of increased remote working. Absolutely. And I think, was it not last week, there was an article that said that IT managers and directors were feeling super confident, probably around 80% of people surveyed that actually they had all the processes in place for data protection and that they were going to be great. Yet conversely, when they asked their staff, the staff were like 30%, I think, or possibly 40% confident that they would be able to follow those processes. Oh, no, no. It was um, 48% of staff said that they had skirted round or got around sure policies that were in place. So, um, yeah, the IT directors and managers were really confident that staff were adhering. And staff were like, "Mm, well, actually, we found little ways around stuff because we couldn't do it or we wanted to download unapproved software. And so we just did it because... We're working at home. And so I think it's really interesting that there's that disparity between between what people, sort of senior people will believe yeah. is happening. And actually people are all human. And if something's difficult, they're going to find a way around it. And I think if we, I don't know about you, we've been chatting the sort of past couple of days about the number of data breaches that have been appearing in the news in the last couple of weeks. And you had a couple of examples of ones you spotted and thought were particularly interesting. Yeah. So there is the uh, Honda, which is massive as a, a, a breach. They've essentially public, well, they've went public and said that they are subject to, to a ransomware um, attack. So that implies that someone internally has clicked a link and has opened the the company up to quite a vicious ransomware attack. So while the IT team and Honda, this is not the first time that Honda have had a data breach. They had one uh, less than two years ago where a database was exposed to the external world and had lots of information about uh, machines, including IP addresses and MAC addresses. So IT might have been feeling that they had a lot of things under control and yet somehow someone within the organisation has clicked a link which has essentially shut down Honda. So there was a message on the web that says, you know, customer services are down, suppliers, there's no conversations going on and they are actively investigating and trying to manage this breach. So you may have all the confidence in the world as a technical person that you've got everything in place, but if your staff are not confident or not sure that they shouldn't be opening an email, this is the impact. And I guess it's probably a little bit easier with more remote working and people maybe feeling like they're harried or distracted because of circumstances at home with more, you know, with children around or there's just not that same level of 
oversight because you can't just say to somebody oh, do you think this looks a bit dodgy what do you reckon should I yeah. open it or not you're kind of probably more in a way of I need to get things done I need to get through things I need to show I'm working and be be valuable to the organization and and that can lead to to these sort of issues because nurse and urgency is always something that if you're doing something in a hurry you're more likely to make mistakes yeah and I think the other thing is that we need to be mindful that these kind of ransomware and phishing scams are so much more sophisticated than they were a couple of years ago where you might have had a long lost uncle email coming to you saying hey can you give me a million pounds mm. and stuff or you're um, entitled to um, a certain amount of money that has been bequeathed to you in a will mm. where the scams that are coming through today look genuine yeah. so um, if you're not educating your staff or reminding them that actually in this current climate there's probably going to be more of these scams or malicious emails then it's probably more likely that the impact of what honda is experiencing will continue and will have will, companies large and small which is quite terrifying and then when that was announced and i think that was monday that that was announced then on i think it might have been monday or tuesday the gp app babylon health also had a breach and it was small numbers but last week or the week before we talked about actually it's not about the volume of data it's about the impact it had mm, yeah so and in a patient logged into the app from leeds and they noticed that there was video consultations that were not his yeah, and there were there were fifty different recordings. Clearly, a breach of personal data and sensitive information because you'll discuss all types of things with your doctor that you think are in confidence. Well, and health data is, by the definition of all data protection legislation that we've worked with, but definitely with GDPR, it's a sensitive yeah. um, category of data. It's it's specialist, so. You, you absolutely have to protect that more carefully than other personal data because the impact is potentially going to cause distress or harm to the individual. Exactly. And yes, the company has come out and said they have fixed the problem. It was only a small number of individuals that have been affected by this, but also they have notified the information commissioner and it is being um, investigated at the moment. So I think it's that whilst we've got Honda massive company impact has been phenomenal on large volumes of data there's no difference in my opinion to the breach that's happened with Babylon Health because of the type of information that's been affected and mistakes happen you know it was a by all accounts it sounds like it's some kind of coding issue and stuff so I think where you are developing apps such as a health app not only do you need to be super mindful of the data you're collecting, you need to be absolutely on top of the security mm -hmm. packages and components because this is the immediate impact. People and this individual that's reported it has now said they are less likely to use this again because they no longer have confidence. And I think, you know, if we think about what's happening with the NHS contact tracing app for COVID yeah. and the shambles quite frankly that that's yeah. become in terms of it coming out and not coming out and the privacy issues that have been mm. identified with how the data is being collected in you know the privacy notice wasn't great people's trust isn't there and they they don't want to then entrust their health data yeah. to companies when they're not going to keep it safe and secure yeah because who wants their private information exposed even if it's just to one person it's still a stranger that might know something about you that you felt was confident between you and your doctor so you need to take that extra level of you know we talked about it before about privacy by design you it has to be at the very core of these apps that mm -hmm. you're developing because if it's not this is what's going to happen and long before uh, any kind of fine gets issued to you if it ever is issued the impact on your reputation 
and trust of that app is almost immediate. Absolutely. And I think that probably leads quite nicely on to the next topic we want to talk about, which is quite relevant with everything that's been going on in the last week um, with protests across the world. And what we wanted to look at was thinking about when you're designing bigger systems and using new technology, such as artificial intelligence, that the risks that that can actually present to people's rights and freedoms, which obviously it can be very tempting to get drawn along in the the desire to be using new technology and something that can help you save time, something, you know, with the likes of HR and recruitment, artificial intelligence and facial recognition software is, is something that's coming in more and more. And we've been to a few events where they've been talking about it. And certainly one of the things that has been mentioned a number of times is the risk of bias in mm. those systems in the way that they're developed and also the skill of the system to be able to distinguish and use the characteristics that they rely on dependent on the color of people's skin yeah. and if those biases aren't recognized then there's a real risk that if you don't understand how the algorithms and how the system has been developed and just go ahead and use it yeah. as a business you could be introducing bias that you don't want to be in your business, but you haven't thought it through and you've got yeah. swept along by the new technology that's coming in. It's quite interesting because a couple of the big technology companies, so IBM yeah. and also Amazon, have ceased using facial recognition and, and given access to the police in America for it because there's a recognised issue around the ability of the AI to be able to recognise and correctly match people with darker skins. Yeah. So apparently there was research done 2018 that um, AI system was m more likely to misidentify darker skinned people. So it was it was significant as well. It wasn't just marginal. It was I think there was a 0.3 misidentification rate with white males. Mm. But when you looked at it and how successful it was with darker skinned female faces, it was a, a, an error rate of up to 34.7%. So if you're using that to try and identify people particularly in a setting where it's relating to potential criminal activity so you're trying to use facial recognition to pick people out of a crowd who've been in the crowd and committed a crime or looking at information from body cams and trying to match it up to the police database that's a very high error rate yeah and it's has a significant impact on people's rights and freedoms and i think when you translate that obviously in that setting, but also then just into that business world of, you know, every, businesses are and should be trying to be more equal and present opportunities to, to everybody, irrespective of their gender, race, all the protected characteristics that HR professionals have been advising on for so long, and actually moving across into this technology without truly understanding where the risks are, there's right sort of real potential that those biases could be reintroduced. Yeah, and I think it comes down to that first principle of the regulation is that you have to be fair you have to be fair you have to be lawful and you have to be transparent and if you think that what you're processing could be unfair then you really shouldn't be processing it and I think where there are such risks to the rights and freedoms which is what GDPR is about is protecting those rights and freedoms of individuals then you have to make sure that you've put the appropriate measures in place to counter those risks. And if you can't, then the question has got to be, the ethical question has got to be, should you be using that technology now? And until you can address those, 
don't pull it on the bench, but work on it to get it right so that it's fair to everybody. Or you might have to make the really bold decision and say, no, we're just mm-hmm. going to do it, which is what IBM and, you know, you said Amazon have done. They've just been like, no, we're not prepared to go that far. Um, so I think it is a real difficult situation to be in. But I think you have to put people at the centre of that decision. It can't be your business. It can't be about money. It has to be about individuals. And that has to be the thing that drives your decision because all individuals have the right to their privacy. And if you're invading that for any reason, rightly or wrongly, then stop doing it. Yeah, absolutely. And it's privacy and it's that that final uh, principle, isn't it, as well around the, you know, as an individual having the right to understand automatic decision making and profiling. And yeah. As an organisation, you have to be able to explain that if somebody asks. And I, I do wonder with some of those new technologies and new systems coming through as to how successful people would be yeah. in their ability to be transparent about those algorithms. Because there's a lot going on behind those that we don't understand and it takes specialist knowledge. So I think there's going to be some interesting work needing to be done not only to obviously improve the, the technology from an equality point of view, but also to think about how can we explain those algorithms and the, the processes that have gone on in the background to people who don't have the specialist knowledge. And, you know, I include myself in that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's how can we actually clearly get something that's extremely complicated across and how that decision has been made. So I think it's interesting times to to see how these kind of technologies can develop and actually be more fairly developed. Absolutely. And I think it's something that we can clearly talk about for quite some time. And we have run out of time for today, it will be something that we will come back to because this is not going um, away. Obviously, anyone that's listening that has any questions about what we've discussed or anything they don't understand that they'd like more clarity on, do send us a question at um, coffee at dbxuk.com. We're happy to, to answer them. And we'll be back next week for another fabulous conversation about data protection. Yeah. Thank you, everybody. And we'll see you uh, next time.